0: Before we get started with today's show, let me tell you about another great ESPN podcast, the Dominique Foxworth Show. ESPN and Anscape contributor Dominique Foxworth's podcast is every Tuesday and Thursday, bringing his unique perspectives on football, the personality surrounding it, and just about anything else he finds interesting or thinks you might. So check out the Dominique Foxworth Show. Listen where you are listening to this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. Coming up on this episode of The Right Time, we'll talk about the latest from John ja Morant. Also, some big news that we'll tell you guys a little later. But first... All right, so... A lot of playoff stuff has happened since the last time we talked to you uh the very last thing to happen in the playoffs since well the very last thing to happen the Sixers I'm gonna tell you guys a funny story okay a friend of this show with whom I am in a group chat and I am going to scroll up right fast to the group chat I'm not going to tell you who the person was because I will wait till he actually comes on the show so that I'm in a position to properly shame him for this. He said, hold on, still going up farther, still going up farther. Just you guys wait. Once you see what you hear what it was, you'll understand. The texter said, and I quote, why do I feel James Harden is getting 50 today? To which my response was, I have no f-ing idea, Jack. He says, it ain't that outrageous. He got a 45 and a 42. And I responded, it's the most outrageous thing I've ever heard. At the end of the first quarter, I sent a text that said, after one quarter, James Harden is a mere 48 short of 50. He ended the game a mere 41 short of 50. And I was like, dog, you ain't never seen his movies? I've seen his movies. This is the game that James Harden tanks out every single time. It is the wildest thing. Because this is a dude that we believe is kind of like a no-brainer Hall of Famer. I think it's even fair to say one of the defining players of his era, right? We've seen him be great. Except when you really, 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 really need it. The one time that I could think of that he did not absolutely crap to bed when it came down to this was that game in the bubble where he got the block at the end against Oklahoma City that was it I don't remember how that series ended in the bubble by the way but I feel like it ended with James Harden crapping the bed because that is what James Harden happens to do like that is them that's what they about and them I mean one of us all them him and his beard it's him can't put this on nobody else it's happened stop after stop after stop Happened in that series against Miami with the Thunder. We saw it happen over and over again in Houston. I don't even know if it's fair for us to say we saw it happen uh, with the Nets because he was so hurt in that year. But either way, man, that's who this dude is. And we have no problem hammering him for being that dude. And a question I ask is, when do these Blues come to Joel Embiid? And I feel like those Blues are here now. Okay, like they that time has come. And this has been a consistent thing with Embiid. The difference with Embiid and Harden, though, is Harden has had bad games that just absolutely jump off the page. Right. Where you look up and he's doing a triple double with turnovers and stuff like that. Embiid hadn't quite been in that situation. And I think we all just kind of had a general recognition of some of the failures that the Sixers had all the way through these points that we cut Embiid a measure of slack for it. The other part is Embiid has a tendency to be hurt at this point, and you're kind of like, hey, well, you understand that he was hurt, except for the fact that he's hurt every year when it comes down to this, okay? So we are in kind of sort of year nine for Embiid. I think that we can most effectively call it year seven because he didn't play those first two years, okay? Okay. We're at the no excuses portion of his career, or at the very least, no excuses for not having been past the second round, right? If you're that guy, and you're the dude that he himself has said that he was, right, and the fight for the MVP and everything else, these last two games are when you show up and you show out, and that just didn't happen against a team that shouldn't have a guy who could guard him right? Like the idea that Al Horford stays putting Joel Embiid in jail is crazy. You remember that quick little year where the uh, Sixers had Al Horford and it did not work and it seemed very clear that the only reason that they got him was so he couldn't play for the Celtics anymore because he stayed putting Embiid in jail and he could put Ben Simmons in jail and then he went to play for them and nobody was in jail and so they let him go and he went back to Boston and he went right back to keep an Embiid in jail. But isn't that crazy that they had a team with Joel Embiid, Al Horford, and Jimmy Butler? And Jimmy Butler. And Jimmy Butler. And by the way, made the decision they didn't want Jimmy Butler no more. I said on Twitter that they made the call that, um, you know, they would rather have Tobias Harris than Jimmy Butler. And they're like, no, he would have been Simmons. They would have been Simmons over Jimmy Butler. I'm like, look, Jimmy Butler thinks it was Tobias Harris. That's why he ran off the court that one time saying, you kept Tobias Harris over me. But here's the thing about Jimmy, man. Uh, my man Joel gonna listen to this and he gonna cringe, but he going have to acknowledge this part. The thing about Jimmy Butler is this, man. Jimmy a winner. You can make the argument that they haven't won a championship, but you have seen Jimmy do it time after time when they needed it to try to get to that next stop, to get to whatever the next thing was. You saw it in that game five in the bubble where he gave it so much that he could barely stand at the end of that game, right? You say what you want, Jimmy a winner. Explain to me which one of these Sixers ain't a loser. Because whether you like it or not, they look like a bunch of losers at this point. Doc Rivers, who I've defended many times over the years about this, but Doc Rivers, the man who ain't found a 3-1 lead that he could not blow. Tell me that man don't feel like a loser to you, even with a championship ring. Tell me that man don't feel like a loser to you. Daryl Morey, we give him all the credit. For what? For what? Tell me he don't look like a loser right now. James Harden, tell me he don't look like a loser right now. And then that brings us back to MB, who these playoffs have not been good for. Think about it like this. Didn't that man say after they uh, did the MVP ceremony and everything, how you wish they didn't do that and die, 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 and everything else? After all that wanting to win the MVP? Remember all that? Tell me that man don't look like a loser right now. He came out after the game and did the thing very similar to what Giannis had to say about how it's a step in the process. And it seemed very clear that he was trying to run a game on that. Like, say what you want about Giannis. When that question came, you saw that that was a man that was going through it. Did not want to hear that thing right now. And as I've said, he's not a person who can think like that. Right, like it seems like relentless optimism is what got him to w- from where he was to where he is, and I could definitely see in his mind he was definitely feeling like they failed. He just wouldn't go say it because he ain't the person who can hear that out loud. Right when it comes to Embiid, well, it's like somebody else said, "Oh, okay, this this is a different thing than what Giannis was doing in terms of what you were actually going for." in this moment and look I agree in saying prep the same idea that it doesn't all have to be a failure you know even if you feel like you failed in that game like Giannis went what a uh, 10 for 23 from the free throw line or something like that yeah if you feel that personally I get that and Embiid just when are you gonna get past the second round Bo you know of everyone that's ever won the MVP award he's the only MVP that's never been to a conference final really yeah! Wow, including Derrick Rose. That's right. Derrick Rose did it that same year. Yep. You no, know, and this is wild. And so I think there are a couple of things that happen with Embiid. I think I saw as the Stat Center account on Twitter made this point that part of what happens to Embiid, and for what it's worth, is also part of what happens to James Harden. Is that if your game is that reliant on getting to the free throw line, you're just not going to get to the free throw line as much in the playoffs. They're going to allow more contact. You're going to have to figure out other ways to get it done. The other thing with Embiid, and it happens when he gets injured, but it's a fair question generally about physical conditioning and how well he holds up throughout the year. But in the end, game six, it went four minutes to end that game without Embiid touching the ball. Four minutes. And it's easy to blame that on Doc. It's easy to blame that on Hard And it's easy to blame that on everybody else. But at no point did I see Joel Embiid be like, hey, give me the ball. Like, did you see that moment? where that dude comes in and is demanding the ball? And that's the question. I talked to somebody who knows Joel yesterday, and they said that part of what happens in these games, these these playoff games, where he's just not been as good in the playoffs. To be fair, most people aren't because you're playing against better teams. But in these playoff games, they say, they say he presses so much, and then it just winds up being too much. He gets wrapped up in his own head and everything else. But part of being a man is not doing that. Like, part of being the guy that Embiid says he is, Embiid out here talking about he better than Akeem Olajuwon. Ain't nobody at this point in Olajuwon's career putting him in jail. Damn sure not know Al Horford. Like, it just ain't going that way. That's not what it's going to be. And so with that whole team, something's got to change. I don't know what exactly it is that has to change. But something has to change with that team. It ain't going to be Maury because they're paying him too much money. It might not be Doc because they're paying him too much money. If it's Embiid, it's only because he asked for the change. So I don't really know what goes on with them, but it shouldn't look like that. And they got done up in that third quarter by an utterly untrustworthy outfit, the Boston Celtics. Right? Totally untrustworthy. So yeah, with Embiid, I want to start. Give him credit, man. He out there been playing on that bum knee. That's not a small thing, right? He did what there was to do. He played as hard as he could. I mean, I think he played hard. I don't have any question about how hard he played. But there is a get it done element. And at some point with that whole operation, you got to look at him and be like, man, so when y'all going to get this done? What is it that stops you from getting it done? Why are you never able to get this out of the second round, right? Right. And at every turn, everybody got somebody to blame. The process people be like, yeah, well, you know, Hinky didn't have a chance to carry out the process. Go look at the moves that Hinky actually made in the course of the process and see how many of them work. Because I contend, Hinky actually did what you guys swore that he was out there to do. Got you two potential superstars. He got you two potential superstars and then got you to pick that you could turn into the number one pick in 2017. Now, they made the wrong pick with Fultz. I don't really feel like you can, like, per se blame the Celtics for that one because what happened with Fultz didn't seem to be the result of anything they did wrong or anything they could have properly scouted out or anything but the process also involved things like drafting Jalil Okafor you know like they did that okay Simmons, you're crazy if you think the Sam Hickey wouldn't have taken Ben Simmons at the top of that draft. Everybody would have taken Ben Simmons at the top of that draft. But you get out of that phase, you get to the Colangelo phase, and the Colangelo phase comes with all its problems. And the best move they made was to pick up Jimmy Butler, and somehow they decided they didn't want that dude. Okay, they get to watch him in the conference finals. Again. Again. They've watched him play there before. Okay. Now we move into the Maury Doc era. What have they done? What have they done? What have they accomplished? What have they, like, how have they managed to make this any better? So, yeah, I'm glad I'm not a Sixers fan. I used to do a television show with Pablo, boy. Woo! I wish we was on TV today. I'd be wearing his ass out. In fact, I tried to do it a little bit yesterday. He don't text me back no more. So I have to do that stuff on the tweets now. And I'm just like, hey, man, Pablo said a tweet that was like, hey, I feel like rooting for the Sixers is rooting for guys to get out of their own heads while we are in our own heads. And I was like, wow, that sounds like losers rooting for losers. I mean, that's that that seems to be they get down while I'm here because we got a lot to get to. So I don't you know, I'm trying to figure out how to get you as much of this playoff action as we possibly can. I just want to come out here and say it again because I was willing to do it early and I'm more willing than ever. I told you guys I was going to be the one to say it. Denver going to win the West and I'm going to come back out here and say it again. Denver's going to win the West because the thing is Jokic who came into this postseason his first postseason 2019 he was dominant. He got him to the conference finals in the bubble in 2020 but he wasn't really like Great, great. Like you're not going to put up the numbers in the postseason advance wise and everything else that he's putting up in the regular season. It's just borderline impossible. This year, he is putting up numbers like he did in the regular season. Like it is, it is extreme to that historic level. That is what he is doing thus far. And you saw it against Phoenix, even in those games that they lost in Phoenix last weekend, where he put up like a game though where he put up like the 53. Like, let's go ahead and do this. But they came out there in that game six. And look, Phoenix was running out of gas. Coach got fired after that. DeAndre Ayton didn't even bother to play in the game. It was a lot going on there. But it was very clear that the Nuggets showed up and decided that we're not going to lose this game. And they locked in there with a focus where they were hitting the ground for every loose ball. All of this stuff, right? They're the only team so far that has come out here and played like champions. Where they didn't just feel like the other team is falling apart in this moment or something like that. Where you looked at them and like, oh, we in this. We're going to do this. They're the only team, as far as I can see, that has shown up for every game. Not won every game, but at the very least, has shown up. And it had me thinking, when we talk about this MVP stuff, the reasons that people did not want to give Jokic that third MVP is they felt like that there was a precedent that would have been set by giving it to him when you didn't give it to this person, you didn't give it to that person three times in a row, you went through this whole list of teams that you didn't give it to, Right? The point I made was that the last player to win three MVPs was Larry Bird in a row. But the thing about his third year was the Celtics were one of the greatest teams of all time. It was the best team they had of that run. So even if you tried to make the fatigue argument, how could you not give the MVP to the best player on the 1986 Celtics? Okay. The other argument was Jokic hadn't been to the finals, da-da-da, all this stuff. It's entirely possible that this year, he does all those things that you said he had not done to justify giving him an MVP for a third time. He is establishing himself as one of the greatest players of all time. There's no way around this, right? Like you were looking at it as you hadn't come around to that. Therefore, he could not be that. Rather than maybe this third MVP is solidifying him as one of the greatest players of all time. You said he's not one of the greatest players of all time. Therefore, we're not going to give him the third MVP. Okay. Okay. If they make the finals, and I think they're going to walk through the Lakers. I could be wrong, but I think they're just going to walk through the Lakers. If they walk through the Lakers and get to the finals, and let's say they win the championship, suddenly he has become the player that you said he had to be to get the third straight MVP. You just couldn't wait two months to bet on the fact that it might happen because you just didn't think of Denver as being that type of team. But if you have been watching these playoffs, they have been this type of team, right? And who knows? They might lose it later. I remember that year in 2012 where the Spurs won 20 games in a row and then lost four in a row to the Thunder and then got tossed out. It happens. But them dudes is over there doing it. And shout out to you, Los Angeles Lakers. Really though. Shout out to you, Lakers fans. And I say shout out to you and I'm not even being snide because I'm often very snide with you guys. This is the first time ever that the Lakers have been in a situation like this and it's foul money. Like This is the first time in my life that Lakers fans get to be like, yo, I'm just glad we got this far, right? Not burdened by expectation, not burdened by the idea that what you think they should do or die da die, die no, you got a heartwarming bunch that got here and that game six, one footed LeBron James had that game. I don't know how many of those games you can ask him to dial up, but by and large, the Lakers have been winning with LeBron James. They won that game because they had LeBron James. Anthony Davis fell back and became a glass eater and it wasn't about, yo, AD didn't show up. No, 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 no. He played like big man, but in a secondary capacity and they could afford for him to be in a secondary capacity because LeBron James was being that dude at age 38 in year 20. He could still dial up that focus to say, all right, man, we going home. Because the variable in this with the playoffs really is focus. The ability to just lock in and decide that we're going to do it. And it's a lot to ask for players to lock in for two straight months in the way that you truly have to lock in to win and dominate in the playoffs. That's what's been so impressive to me again about Denver is I've seen a level of focus from them that we haven't seen. The battle-tested, tried-and-true Golden State Warriors couldn't lock in after a point. You know, those last two games against the Lakers... They just could not dial it up for last three because they won game five. But they could not dial in that focus. Even Steph could not dial in that focus. And see, Steph, to me, points out where the Embiid thing is somewhat troubling. Stephen Curry did not play particularly well in this series against the Lakers. But man, if he wasn't out there giving it, right? He's not shooting that well. I guess I got to go out here and get 12 boards now, don't I? And that's what you saw from him throughout there. He's getting no help from anybody around him. Like, the Warriors are a discussion for a different day. They broke. Like, I don't don't, don't know how it is they're supposed to fix this. But you saw Curry like, okay, I'm going to keep taking these shots. And if I'm not getting these shots, I got to find other ways to help him get this done. The thing with Embiid is, at least in this series, I didn't feel like in the games where he didn't play well, and it wasn't all of them, to be fair, but in the games where he didn't play well, it didn't feel like he figured out a way to get it done, even though he wasn't playing well. And that, if you're going to be a player of that caliber, a player on that level, that's what it's got to be. We've seen that with Jokic in some of these games where the shot wouldn't fall. All right, I guess he just got to go out here and get 18 boards and 12 assists or something like that. You got to find another way in order to bring it. And you got to be able to say, jump on my back. Let's make it happen. And in the regular season, when Embiid wanted that MVP, we saw him put up those 50s. We saw him put up those 40s. Did you see him at any point when it really got clutch saying... All right, fellas, jump on my back, and I'm going to go ahead and take this home. That's what you have to do in a game seven where your sidekick is James Harden. You know, like, we know what's going to happen with him. You got to say, on my back, I'm going to get us there. Don't you worry. You got me, and that's why we're going to win. The whole reason if the Sixers are going to win that series is going to be because they had Joel Embiid. And it ain't turned that way. They just did not. And now we have an interesting quirk. We have the bubble conference finals. Denver and Los Angeles was the bubble conference final in the West. Miami and Boston was the bubble conference final in the East. Uh, The two teams that'll be favored, I believe, in these are the teams that lost the last ones. The teams that could be revenge-minded, revenge-motivated. The big difference on this, though, for me, these Nuggets are much better than the Nuggets that were in the bubble. And these Lakers are not nearly as good as the Lakers that were in the bubble um this Miami team kind of not as good but hard to say right I mean is I mean not having Tyler Hero not having some of these dudes right like you know they're, they're we'd argue they're shorthanded except these regular ass dudes is out here balling and then the Celtics this is a discussion we can have later I just don't have any idea what to make of them as a sum total team franchise or whatever but I do know this this is I believe the fifth time in seven years that they've been to the conference finals If they don't get it done at this point, you got to look at those dudes. They've had basically the same core for all these years. I think Tatum's only been there six, but Tatum was a contributor that first year. Smart, Tatum, Brown. These have been your dudes. Al Horford took a quick little break, but these have been your guys. This has been your team. What's it going to take, fellas? What's it going to take? Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. And spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering on. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout, whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All
0: right, so I wake up on Sunday morning and somebody send me a video of John Moran. And I can't figure out what the video is. That i'm watching i just noticed that all of a sudden at the end whoever's taking the video which is on instagram live all of a sudden put the phone down and i'm like huh what's going on here and then i look at the next tweet in the thread the tweet that had the video and it's john moran holding a gun now now um the grizzlies panicked and immediately suspended him i don't know what they suspended him from At least they didn't have the audacity to say suspended without pay because he's not getting paid right now. Maybe he's not allowed to come to the draft party. Um, They're telling him to stay away from Summer League. I have no idea what exactly he is suspended from. I watched it turn into a Second Amendment argument amongst you people's in my mentions on the internet. Well, what's wrong with him having a gun? These Congress people be taking pictures with guns. Well, hey, those Congress people look stupid too um and number two this is worth noting regardless of what you think about this on principle taking the pictures with guns can get those people elected being on ig live with a gun as john morant can get you suspended you're not playing the same game as these people i understand if you want to push back on the idea That we as African Americans don't get to kick it the same way as white people. You're right. It's a big problem. It ain't been fixed today. Okay. Like out here, I do. My my white friends can do that. Yeah. 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 Come on. Now I don't know who raised you, but you know that ain't got to do with you. You know what I'm saying? Like this is this is this is something that we all get. This is something that we all understand, or whatever it is. Okay. Really, really, really bad idea for John ja Moran. I don't have to act like it's the worst thing in the world. I can act like it's one of the dumbest things in the world, right? I would also like to make this note, as I have been saying to you guys for a very long time. Every time John ja would get in trouble or do something, y'all get out here talking about the problem is the people around him. He need to get people, better people around him. The people around him need to stop him from doing this okay by multiple accounts the dude that was taking that video on ig live was the dude that they said can't come to the arena no more because they said he was with Ja when he pointed did the laser pointer thing that dude saw Ja had that gun and immediately put the phone down immediately like, oh, 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 oh we got a problem which is to say his homies aren't the problem And y'all skating responsibility asses, stay wanting to make it somebody else's fault. I saw people talk about this with that dude right there. Like, well, why was he even recording Ja if he knew Ja had a gun? Ja got a gun all the time. Ja got
2: a gun at the strip club. So, look, if your thing is don't be on IG Live no more, okay. But if it's don't be on IG Live because Ja got a gun, Ja always got a gun. Ja afraid somebody gonna rob him in the bathroom. He took a gun in there too. But he always got a gun. Like, I don't know
0: what it is about the times we're in and the world we're in or whatever it is that so many of y'all just don't want to acknowledge. Man, people got to take responsibility for the things that they do. And he is responsible for the way that he comports himself in public and the way that he comports himself online. It's on him. What he was doing was irresponsible. It's on him. The idea that he thinks doing this impresses people. Or at least that's the way it looks. It's just extra wild to me, right? And all the people like, it's no big deal. He's allowed to have a gun. I, look, if you are in your early 20s and you talk like this, I understand this. If you are anywhere near my age, I don't understand you offering this defense because all of us don't live long enough that we've seen somebody kick it like the way he's kicking it. And we've seen how negatively that turns out. We see the obvious consequences for what's going on with him. And we know that's bad. We know that's not going to end in a good way. And I don't look at this as a need or reason to judge or bash him or anything else, but I see somebody that's really struggling right now and I don't know how much people around him truly grasp that he's struggling. Now, I do not know Ja Morant, okay? And interestingly, he's one of the rare guys in the NBA where those of us who are around this we all know somebody that know everybody, right? My I know everybody guys don't know him. Right? Like there's there's, there's an interaction in this ecosystem of basketball that he's not quite in. And I have a theory as to why that's the case to a degree that I think explains, not even explains, but I just want to give you something to think about with him. Okay? I've talked about this here before. But when Ja really started rising, because keeping in mind, he went to Murray State, and I'm always fascinated when like a great basketball player winds up at a place like that. And I was like, who saw it coming? And I Googled it. After his freshman year, remember he got drafted after his sophomore year. After his freshman year, I looked to see who was in on this early. I found literally one person. One person, his name is Jackson Hoy, as I recall. He's a college student, you know, doing the blog thing, evaluating. He was in on it. Like, he works for the Grizzlies now because he was literally the one person who was in early on John ja Morant. So then Morant has this year at Murray State. He winds up being the number two pick in the draft in 2019. Okay. I say that to say, in 2018, only one person in the world saw this coming. By 2023, he got his whole family on his back. He got his crew on his back. He got his hood on his back. He has an NBA franchise on his back which is by extension having a city on his back because it's the only major league franchise in that city he has an entire shoe company on his back as he is the next Nike star and in some ways got a whole league on his back as he is the young American superstar for a guy That nobody thought this was going to happen for. Who is 23 years old. That is a crazy amount of pressure. Crazy amount of pressure. Now. As you hear this. Obviously. I know what many of you are thinking. The trade off is. The money. Right. You get a lot of money. Let's talk about that part. Because one thing, he getting that money, but a lot of that money he getting is for the rest of these cats. Like his homeboy who clearly seemed to get the message about what they can't do no more because he ain't put Ja on the internet because he know I ain't got no money. I just got Ja. Right? And so if this all shut down for Ja tomorrow, Ja still got money. I would assume. These other cats, they ain't got no money if Ja ain't got no money. They like, yo, we got to keep this money coming ja what if ja don't want it and i mean what if he doesn't want it in a much larger sense like thinking about all that pressure and everything we're talking about i saw a video of ja Morant the other day he was at some club standing by a pool table a pool table that looked like it take quarters taking a bottle to the neck
2: just goo 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 goo
0: right One of the things about being Ja Morant is the stuff that you can get into, the places that you can go, the parties and stuff that you got access to. Okay? Most cats like Ja Morant, who play for teams like Memphis, they ain't staying in Memphis or going to be in South Carolina, wherever he is in the offseason. That's not where them dudes is at. Them dudes is trying to be in Miami. Them dudes is trying to be in LA. You know, maybe even Houston. But them cats is trying to be somewhere where you can kick it, right? Where you can be John Morant and get, you know, get the next level of stuff out of it. That dude still at these old regular spots. Like, he's not moving like a superstar. And I don't even mean that in the sense of the things that I find to be dangerous and problematic. I just mean, generally speaking... He don't move like a superstar, which is to say the perks and trappings of being a superstar outside of like getting some clothes, some jewelry. I'm sure he got a nice car, you know, but that stuff doesn't seem to move him. And if that stuff doesn't seem to move him, what is he getting in exchange for all of this pressure? Right? He's already got more money than he ever dreamed that he would have. He likes playing basketball, obviously. He plays basketball with that crazy level of passion, right? But this other stuff, what's he getting out of that? What does he get from that? And I'm asking that as a question. Like, I look at him, and I'm like, I don't feel like, in a country dude, man. I don't feel like that other stuff matters to him. So as a result, what you wind up with are all these burdens and all these people that you have to take care of and all these folks that's looking at you to carry them and all you
2: want to do is go to this little club with the pool table that take quarters and post up on the wall you don't need all this other stuff to do that
0: you don't and so when I look at him and I see these behaviors that are so obviously self-destructive you just got to look at him and wonder do you want this and if he doesn't want it that's okay like, I'm not saying this. Like, when I talk about somebody, like, in the basketball coming down to the fourth quarter, you don't want the ball, that's a judgment, right? This isn't a judgment. I don't think he wants all of that. And getting the, I don't think he wants the good or the bad. I just don't think he wants all of that. And so I don't know what the solution is or how it is they're going to fix it. But I know this. When they sent him off last season and they spent a couple weeks and learned how to breathe and they came back to play basketball, I said, at that time, Dan, you can vouch for this. I was like, you'll fix what his problems are in no two weeks. Everybody heard me. I said, you don't fix it that fast. This is much deeper than that. If these are problems that were getting to that point. And clearly those things aren't fixed. And it makes me think that who wanted him back the most for the playoffs. You think it was him or you think it was the team or the shoe company or whatever else. It, it was everybody else. I would guess. I would assume that they the ones that had made that push to get him back. It was them. That found it to be so important. That he go back. It was them. Well who gonna look out for him now? And who is he going to allow. To look out. For him. Because like I said. Y'all can't blame it on the homies. Best thing that ever happened to the homies. Was that video. So now they can be like. See. Y'all keep acting like it's us. Nah man. It's him. And the reasons why it's him. Can be very human. And they can be reasons that engender a measure of empathy they engender empathy for me but it's him it's him he's gonna have to be the one to fix it but in order for him to fix it everybody else around him is gonna have to let him and there are levels on which i am not sure the people around him are going to let him because Everyone in his life seems to have a transactional relationship with him. Even the people with whom he had relationships, that go all the way back. It becomes transactional. Look, man, once your parents quit quit their jobs, you got a problem. Your homies ain't got no jobs outside of you. You got a problem. They're all dependent on you. And when you are worried about everybody else's well-being, how the hell are you going to be able to take care of yourself? And I worry for him that he's not in a position to take care of himself. Look, I saw one of the videos with him hitting that bottle. All right. I seen multiple videos of him hitting those bottles. It is unfair and irresponsible to diagnose someone as an alcoholic from a distance. It's someone who's A, untrained to do that, and B, isn't around him close enough, right? That is unfair. However... I know how difficult it is to drink tequila at the rate that that young man would guzzle tequila from that bottle. And all I'm saying is you can only do that with practice and the level of practice it requires to consume tequila at the rate that I had seen him consume tequila. Healthy people can't do that in my viewing experience. So yeah, good for you Grizzlies. You came out here. Oh, we're going to suspend him. Okay. Okay. Y'all got much harder work to do than this, and I will say this last thing. I remember when I was in college, I had a buddy, and he was a very good friend of mine, and he really came through for me in some very difficult times in life. But boy, he was a fuck up of up ever up like he was just the biggest fuck up in the history of the world. Sorry for you guys that have to edit this, but there's just no other way to say this. That boy was a fuck up, and my brother, who's thirteen years older than me, identified him as such, and every day at one point he decided that he needed to like make sure i stopped kicking with him and by the way he was right like eventually i had to stop rolling with him for i don't even want to get into the reasons but my brother had properly evaluated the situation and my brother said one day as he was trying to make his case to me as to why i shouldn't hang out with this guy anymore he the sort of dude that you be with and then people just start shooting And you don't know why. Okay? Now, for everybody who makes this argument that it's Memphis and da-da-da, it's Tennessee, you can have your gun out and everything else, let me just run a scenario by you. Okay? A scenario. And it's not that crazy of a scenario, but I'm just running by you. Say, Sejai in the car, and he bopping to the NBA young boy, and he got the gun out. He thinking it's cool, whatever. He in the passenger seat. Let's say 5-0 pull up on the other side of them. Let's say they're in the left lane and 5-0 pull up in the right. And let's say 5-0 see him there with that gun. And then he turned and 5-0 looking at him with that gun in his hand. What 5-0 gonna do? What are they gonna do? They gonna light his ass up. And you know what's gonna happen? Nothing. Even the people that be out here marching, we shall overcome him. When stuff like that happened, They ain't going to say nothing. You had a gun in your hand. And the police rolled up. They're going to shoot you. And it's going to be your fault. These are the kinds of things. That can happen. When you behave irresponsibly. You could say. Well what are the odds of that? The odds of that aren't that low. I mean when's the last time you were driving. And a cop pulled up next to you at a stoplight. I bet it wasn't that long ago. It happens. And this is what can happen. When you're playing with guns in front of people. So. All of you who are just like, yo, he young, he going to grow out of it. You hope he going to grow out of it. You hope that he lives long enough to learn better from this. And in all these behaviors that I see from him, my concern is somebody's going to kill you for whatever reason, right? You running up on Foot Locker, doing running up at Foot Locker, pulling, you know, acting like you got the gun on people because of some dispute with your mama you and all these other things you out here playing with a laser beam and everything else they're like yeah he young he'll grow out a bit if he doesn't get shot and every time I see somebody talk about him and they make this about some issue that is about themselves whether it be about how they feel about who gets to carry guns and who doesn't and all of this stuff right or how they feel about like I think in in part what happened with Jalen Rose with that interview that I think that if he had a chance to go back over and do he would do differently Jalen saw himself and saw some of the mistakes that he made and saw a dude who he felt like was making similar mistakes, but y'all aren't the same dude. Like, I don't think they're the same person. I don't think they're going through the same things. I don't think the issues they had were necessarily the same. But Jalen saw himself in this young man, and I think that powered the way that he viewed this, right? It was the same thing I said about the Angel Reese situation, where I felt like everybody was coming into that, looking at it like it was them or what they'd want or everything else but you come in here talking about this according to your own agenda and everything else how many of y'all are actually looking at this from the standpoint of the real live well-being of this dude and i know you not because even the people i see that are getting on him about it the big thing is man you gonna mess up your money like that you are worried about his money this fool is running around here playing around with a gun in a city that don't play with guns and your concern is you gonna mess up your money He's already made $27 million from the NBA alone. Who knows how much money he got from Nike or for everything else. His money is good. He is messing up his life. But people put everything now in the context of money. I talked to you about this with Game Theory. Oh, man, but Money doing a show on HBO. We getting it back. I barely read that contract. I ain't in that for the money. It was because of the thing. And with job, this is about the thing. And the thing is his life. The thing is not just his livelihood. The thing is his life and where it goes from here, where it stands as it is. And what I see above all else is something Adam Silver talked about. He said he feels like the stars of his league, the players in his league are not happy. And this looks like an unhappy dude who seems to be trying to find a way out of all this pressure. That is coming from all these places and is landing directly on his shoulders and all y'all talking about is the bag and i'm gonna tell you this this is just something for you to consider about the people in your lives if you come around anybody like this okay and i say this from somewhat personal experience though obviously i ain't got no kind of money like this dude has right when you stressed and you got something with money involved in it people can't hear you because they whole thing is but you still got to go get that money right? When you, if John Morant would be like, look, man, I don't feel like I want to do this. Nobody's trying to hear that, especially not these people that are on his payroll. Nobody's trying to hear that. Cause they like, yeah, man, but what about this money? At every turn for them, it becomes about the money because that's what they think they would be concerned with. Cause they think that that money going to fix all this stuff. And so I wonder how much this dude is golden handcuffed, right? At every turn is every offer to get this money, to do this, get this money to do that or whatever it is. And the people around you lose their ability to treat you like human. Because they like, it's America. You can't turn down this money. You can't walk away from this money. You know, John would be like, look, I want to go take a year off. Yeah, but what about this money? Like Omar Jackson, I talked about him sitting out. He didn't wind up doing it. But they're just like, yeah, but he ain't going to give up that money. That money ain't making people happy in the way that people think it is. And clearly, this money seems to be making John Morant a lot more stressed out than it ever made him happy so i do ask for those of us who are watching this evaluating this considering what all's going on with it how much are you actually thinking about him and how much of it is really just you thinking about yourself
3: We know you can't be on top
1: of all the news and information of the day. No need for the social media feeds. We got you.
4: Now, if you haven't heard.
1: All right, this first story is from Tech.
4: Hi, this is Ed Zitron, and I'm a discourse contributor at Business Insider. Mark Zuckerberg's vision of the metaverse is dead, killed after three years of hype and billions of dollars of wasted capital. Zuckerberg renamed Facebook to Meta in 2021, taking the term metaverse from Neil Stevenson's 1992 novel Snow Crash. He promised a series of seamless virtual worlds that would make up the future of the mobile internet, one where over a billion people would spend hundreds of dollars each. He would go on to invest $100 billion in R&D to develop said metaverse. The tech industry quickly adopted the trend, despite Zuckerberg never delivering a cogent vision of what exactly the metaverse was meant to be. Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella said that he couldn't overstate how much of a breakthrough the metaverse was, and over $500 million of virtual real estate was sold across crypto-based metaverse platforms. Walmart and Disney invested heavily in metaverse products, and Roblox, a 17-year-old game at the time, wrote the hype to a $41 billion IPO. In spite of all this hype, the metaverse did not lead a healthy life. Meta's Horizon Worlds metaverse struggled to attract users with only a couple hundred thousand people using it in a month, as opposed to the billions who use Facebook. Decentraland, a crypto-based metaverse platform with over a billion dollar valuation at the time, had only 8,000 daily active users. In short, nobody actually wanted to be in the metaverse. And once the economy slowed and the hype for AI grew, the metaverse began to die. In early 2023, Microsoft shut down its virtual reality workspace, Space VR, and laid off its 100-person industrial metaverse team. Disney shuttered its metaverse division in March, and Walmart ended its Roblox-based metaverse soon after. And now Zuckerberg has moved on, declaring that Meta's single largest investment would be in advancing AI and building it into every single one of their products. He misled customers, burned tens of billions of dollars, and distracted the entire tech industry with an idea that he never quite thought through and frankly didn't seem to really care about.
0: And didn't really seem to care about. That was the hammer. And didn't really seem to care about. He really thought we was going to, our whole world, we was all going to wind up in that science fiction. He really did. Shout out to you humans for being like, nah, not yet. We ain't, we ain't all the way gave up on the world yet but that that guy that guy i don't know anybody i mean i don't want to say he's stumbling into billions of dollars because that feels unfair
1: but it also don't feel wrong all right this next story is from education hey
0: everyone i'm francisco guzman a reporter with usa today Last weekend, a 14-year-old boy stole a school bus from a charter school near Nashville, Tennessee, and drove it onto the interstate until police were able to arrest him. On his way to the interstate, police say he hit a car, allegedly tried to run a
1: person over, and he hit a diesel fuel pump at a local market. Police say he was driving around 60 to 65 miles per hour on the interstate until he saw police put spikes down.
0: That's when he attempted to turn the bus around still on the interstate until police rushed the bus, broke the glass, and used a taser on him. Nashville police arrested a 14-year-old on charges of vehicle theft, aggravated assault, evading arrest, reckless driving, driving without a license, leaving the scene of a crash, and failure to report a crash. Thank you. Wow. I have to say, that is the briefest, uh, if you haven't heard, contributor that we have had. Uh, I see you, big homie. Uh, so, I'm 42 years old at this point um there's a certain level of like growth and maturity that i have grown and you know developed over my life i gotta say stealing a school bus you be the man in my school when you came back i mean i'm even a teacher and i might if i'm a teacher i might gotta buy you lunch that's a that's a pretty uh pretty impressive caper i have to say the only problem with it is of course you're going to get caught because let me tell you this school buses they are designed to win wrecks not races not races that police interceptor oh no 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 and this is this is this is what it got that big old whoa that's why i got that big old fang under the hood whoa. yeah they're coming to get you dog they, they they come to get you you explain imagine explain to your mama that you stole a school bus this is the best part. Police deployed a spike strip to attempt to stop the bus, but the team noticed the spikes, slowed the bus down, and tried to turn the bus around.
2: Tried to do what? You tried to turn a school bus around? You tried to do a three-point turn on the freeway? In a school bus? Is that even possible?
0: <sighs> Kids. Hey, dumb. That was kind of cool. Whoa,
2: whoa, hold on. Hold on, right fast. I missed this. Officer at that point ran up to the bus, broke out the door glass, and used the taser as the teen was attempting to continue operating the bus. Wow.
0: Apple was dedicated. Sorry, go ahead.
1: All right, this last story, the journalist couldn't join us. Uh, Democratic presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. says there's overwhelming evidence that the CIA was involved in his uncle JFK's murder. Kennedy said in a Sunday interview with New York City radio station WAB 770, I think it's beyond a reasonable doubt at this point. Obviously, House committee officials met in 1979 said that given scientific evidence that there is a possibility that multiple shooters were present at the murder or the assassination of JFK, um rfk jr also says that he believes that there is a lot of evidence around his father's assassination as well however that evidence is more circumstantial and while it's convincing it is he is not as concrete on that as he is about his uncle's
0: uh assassination all right parker let me ask you this because you're a bit younger here like does the the the, the kennedy assassination mean anything to you
1: it does because my dad i'm younger but my right. dad's older so he lived through it and it's something that he like he remember going through when he was like 18 so he has like a firm like grasp of it so i, I have some
0: but like the notion and idea of a conspiracy around the murder of the president like this is a this is like as much as we talk now as like conspiracy theorists as being kooks like just if you have any such idea with kennedy it kind of started like that for people but then no 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 like there's been more energy dedicated in the last nearly 60 years well it'll be 60 years in november um like the energy dedicated to like getting to the bottom of this one was different all the movies and everything else we even had a couple of trials that were around it. And I do wonder like to a degree if the next generation of people, because this is a very boomer event, right? Like it's a very defining event. Like can you imagine just 12 o'clock in the afternoon, you find out the president got shot on the street in Dallas? You know, like it's it's a, very, it's a defining moment for members of that generation. But I bring it up because people kind of look at RFK Jr. now as being a bit of a kook for a number of reasons. But maybe the sanest thing that people have heard is him talking about this now do i know if the cia was involved Eh, it's a bit tough all i'm saying is this it's really tough for anybody to believe that you could just get up in a building and smoke the president one man and nobody have any hint or idea that this was coming like step back step back it's a lot to ask it's, it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot you know what i'm saying like like that's a, it's a it's a lot man it's a lot but yeah who knows man rfk maybe will get this day cracking again hey kennedy conspiracy theory people are fun and like i say, they be having points like you just can't just immediately dismiss them there's so so much going i don't know if they've unlocked all the stuff and the documents and everything else but a day is gonna come where we all gonna be like no matter what side see i told y'all Hey, this is Bomani. You have reached the right time voicemail. Say whatever you want. Get creative with it, but this is your place to talk back to the show.
1: So talk back. Peace. Alright, the voicemail topic for this week is tell us about the story of the time you tried your mom. Yeah, that's right. Happy Mother's Day, y'all. Alright, this first one's from Daryl in Oakland.
3: What's up, Bomani? This is Daryl from Oakland. The time I tried to play my mama, I was 15. She had, you know, a couple of things. It's a little drink here and there. It was She was relaxed. I thought she was, though, kind of gone with it. So I thought I can get away with something. She, comes, she calls me, and she's like, hey, didn't I tell you to wash them damn dishes? And because I'm thinking she likes sauce or something, I tell her I ain't washing no dishes. She looked at me, grabbed a cast iron skillet out the sink, and chased me through the house with it. I jumped in the bathroom, tried to close the door. That cast iron skillet came through the little crack in the door, the little opening. She cracked the sink in half, kind of busty upside my head. I'm like, oh, snap. I jumped out the bathroom window. I was gone for at least three hours. I ain't never try to play my mom again after that. I learned my lesson. You take it easy, man.
0: Yeah, I want somebody roll up with the pan. Surrender is immediate. That's all I got there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pan comes. Just, just, just lay
1: on sword right there. All right. This next one from Matt.
3: Oh, so, This is Matt. Got goes home, Houston, Texas, man. Long time listener, first time caller. Hey, this one. When you, <laughs> this one got to hit home. Uh, just a little disclaimer, man. My mom was known to have hands. I watched my mama beat up a co-worker. I watched my mama beat up my stepdaddy. So they kind of give you an example of the woman that I'm dealing with. And my mama is only 5'2", by the way. You know, my stepdaddy was tall. He was about 16. So they kind of give you an example of how, how cold my mama was with them hands. Well, when I tried, the one time I tried my mom, it was, somebody had used up all the bar to bathroom cleaning. My mama blamed me because I was the nubby child and I was the bad one. But she blamed me. Uh, I wanted to tell her it wasn't me. I was 13. I was smelling myself. Uh, You know, I picked my mama up off the ground, and I sat her down on the bed. You know, and this is me trying to keep her from whooping me, telling her it wasn't me that did it. That didn't mean a damn thing. My mama caught me with the meanest two-piece I've ever got hit with in my life. And I boxed. I boxed, and she hit me with the meanest (laughs) two-piece. I took off running, Now closed my door, tried to put my dresser in front of my bedroom door and climb out the window. My mama was already outside and caught me again with another two-piece and knocked me out of the window. And yeah, I got my ass whooped. And I think, matter of fact, that was the last time my mama ever whooped too, by the way. After that, you know, she always, she, uh yeah, if I did anything, she caught me with a mean ass to me. Yeah, I straightened right up. So yeah, that was my story. The one time I tried to, uh, I tried my mom, and I will say this as a, (laughs) she never apologized when she found out that it wasn't me that used up all her bathroom stuff. Yeah, that was the one time I tried my mom. Hey, keep and keep up the good work, man. I love you so, both.
0: And, uh, I appreciate that. And I'm glad that he didn't really try her. He just wound up getting in a place to be tried. Cause it seemed that she had given ample evidence not to try her. Right? Like I was like, yo, I don't know why you thought if all these other things wasn't going to happen, but nah, 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 you understood. You just kind of, you know, caught a bad one, but she caught me with the meanest two piece ever. And I box that's a, that's a line for the ages right there.
1: All right. And this last one is even more surprising.
5: What's up, Bo? This is Frederick Douglass here, live from Minneapolis. I want to talk about a time I tried it with mom. A note in this story is that my mother is white. I am not. You understand? So uh, we were on the city bus, and I told my mom something along the lines of, stop talking to me. You're always running your mouth. I remember going down the steps, and before my toes hit that sidewalk, I got snatched back. I'm not exactly sure what happened next, but it involved an umbrella. And Let's just say I found out what that felt like. All I heard was whaps and getting told not to ever talk to her like that in my life. I was a big kid, and I was like 11 or so, so it didn't really hurt. I just remember being embarrassed that, one, I made mom take it there, and, two, uh, as the bus drove off, the folks on the bus were pointing and laughing at me. Anyway, Bo, that's the day I learned my mom was white, uh, but not that kind of white. I appreciate you. Love you, mom. Peace.
0: I mean, the fact that she was a white lady with a black kid on a city bus, I feel like was your first side. Like, maybe you didn't realize because you was the kid on the city bus. Parker, you seem to have an observation there.
1: Uh, yeah, no, she's a white lady with the black kid named Frederick Douglass. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's what I was about to say. He's like, Frederick Douglass from Minnesota. I was like, I thought he was going to say Frederick Douglass from 1863. There was so many twisted turns in that story. <laughs> but he got it, man. He got him with the, I'm, I'm tired of you running your mouth. My whole boy got jammed up by his dad once because his dad, his mom was having a back and forth and his dad tried to intervene and my man hit him with, and I quote, this don't involve you he just didn't understand the dynamics of marriage at the time because <laughs> in theory he was correct there was a conversation between two people and there's nothing more annoying than when you try to have one with your mama and your daddy want to come in with his k paul and try to come save the day and you're like no we got this but he has decided that we is different than you thought we was <laughs> but he said my mama was not that white lady i just don't know how you got that far i did not realize it <laughs> right like maybe she's a rose nile from st olaf minnesota you know what i'm saying like maybe i don't know but i feel like everybody else we all had the clues we had the clues wow but hey ladies and gentlemen we have an
0: announcement for you guys i am going to read this announcement word for word because we had a lot of people and a lot of back and forth to ensure that we get this right we are doing a live episode of The Right Time. You hear me? A live episode of The Right Time. Live, New York City, June 5th at the Gramercy Ballroom. Dominique Fosber is going to join us. It's our first live podcast event. Doors will open at 7. The show starts at 7.30. We got snacks and drinks for purchase. We got some swag for y'all from the show. You do not want to miss this. Now, we got a link for you. www.universe.com slash Bomani NYC. That's where you go to get your tickets. Tickets are going to cost $40. www.universe.com slash Bomani NYC. Go check that out. Get on. We got limited space. So as soon as you get this download on, if you're the first person to download, you can be the first person to get tickets. So absolutely. Hang on, the, the, the site doesn't go live until tomorrow at noon. Okay. Important note. Tomorrow at noon, set a timer. We'll give you some more announcements, some more updates on that. But remember, every attendee will get a t- one T-shirt with each ticket purchase. If you like the shirts that we had from the uh, trivia contest last year, Those are going to be the shirts, so check that out. Remember, www.universe.com slash Bomani NYC, June 5th, 7 o'clock. That is when the live show will be at the Gramercy Ballroom. So we are looking forward to this. Please come check us out. We hope to have some more friends of the program to come join us and everything else. So come hang out with us. And ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. We do this three times a week. Dance, Dancing, and Parker Owens handling everything behind the scenes. Thank you, gentlemen. Also, thank you to our If You Haven't Heard contributors thanks to ed zitron of insider check out his story on mark zuckerberg's failed metaverse at insider.com and thanks to francisco guzman of usa today check out his story about a nashville teenager still in a school bus usatoday.com remember follow the right time rate us review us give us five stars you only give us four stars i'm inclined to believe you are a hater and we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days take it easy